0: We join our hearts together in prayer. Reveal Yourself to us, God, in Christ Jesus more clearly today. Let us see the wonder of what it means that Christ came to save sinners. Help us to hear in a fresh way the announcement of the angel to Joseph. Fix our hearts on our Jesus. Your Jesus, our Savior. Amen. We've been talking a lot about lights during the Advent season. And the light today, let's see if you can, it's photo sensor, is uh, a night light. Can you see that? Night light? Do you use night lights? Who uses it? Go ahead. Who use, don't you like a little light on in the middle of the night somewhere? Uh, it helps you for what goes bump in the night, right? Bump. What, what's that? And if there's a little light that you can see, well, then you feel a little safer. And it also helps to keep you from going bump in the night. If you happen to get up, if you've got a little light, you can make sure you don't run into anything. We're going to think a little bit about a night light and things that go bump in the night. As we think about Joseph, the father of Jesus, actually something far more than a bump happened to him in the middle of the night. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. What we're going to do this morning is to look, if I can say, in some detail at that announcement of of the coming Jesus to Joseph by the angel. It's a very familiar passage. I mean, this is the time of year that we have a lot of familiar things. Uh, familiar TV specials that come on year after year. Familiar poems. It, it all becomes a very familiar time of the year. We can even fill in some of the blanks before before we hear it, can't we? Like this. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house not a creature was stirring." The stockings were hung by the chimney with care and hoped that St. Nicholas the children were nestled all snug in their beds with visions of sugar plums. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains. Yeah, we could probably do the whole thing, couldn't we? (laughs) Well, there are a lot of things that are very familiar at this time of the year, and, and this passage surely is one of them. But there's something more important about this passage. You know, this is far more uh, than a cute poem or a cute story or a cute uh, a TV special. This is a very highly nuanced revelation of who God is for us in Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to do, and again in some detail, we're going to go through this passage and see what went bump in the night for Joseph. Here's what it says. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Uh, The word there, birth, uh, literally is Genesis says, now the genesis of Jesus Christ took place in this way. This Gospel that we're looking at today is written by Matthew. Matthew wrote this for the Jews. The Jews would have known the Old Testament. They would have known... Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in, in, uh, in Greek, Genesis starts out with the word Genesis. And as Matthew is explaining the birth of Jesus, he uses it at the front end of this Genesis. In fact, at the very beginning of his Gospel, he wrote uh, the book of the genealogy. Again, literally, it's the, the book of the Genesis of Jesus Christ, the Son of David. What Matthew is signaling at the beginning of the account of the birth of Jesus is that there is a new beginning happening unlike any other new beginning since the creation of the world? This is the Genesis. Of Jesus Christ. Now we'll come back to the word Jesus in a little bit, uh, but the word Christ is a very important theological word for us. Uh, the word Christ is the same word as Messiah. And again, from the beginning of his gospel, Matthew is signaling the end of the story that this Jesus is the Christ. This is the one who had been promised to David. It had been promised to David that one of his descendants would reign on the throne forever and ever. His kingdom would know no end. And Matthew is signaling this is the one. And then he says, and it happened in this way. There's nothing once upon a time about the Christian faith. Uh, The Christian faith is not a series of pious stories designed to make us feel good and behave better. The Christian faith is about God actually in work in history. That even as Christ was, was uh, crucified and raised again, so too he was born, just as it says, as he came in through the Virgin Mary. That's where it continues. It says, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to, G, to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. It says his mother Mary. Uh, Mary is the same name as Miriam. Miriam and Mary are are the same name. When we hear the word Mary, we ought to think about Miriam from the Old Testament. There's a lot of Old Testament connections in this passage. You remember who Miriam was? Miriam was uh, Moses' sister. And you remember how she protected, helped to protect the baby Moses in that basket so that uh, he could come and be the Savior that he needed to be for the people of God. And now we have a new and greater Miriam, Mary, and she's going to carry that little baby not in a basket, but in her womb and bring into this world safely the very Savior of the world. It says she had been betrothed to to Joseph. In our day and age, engagement is just engagement. If you're engaged to somebody and you want to get out of it, you just make a phone call, write a note, and get the ring back. (laughs) In in, Yeah, maybe. (laughs) We'll hear more about that story later, but not right now. (laughs) betrothal in New Testament times was, was, was a legal arrangement whereby you were pledging legally that we will in fact be married. Uh, the only difference between betrothal and the actual marriage was that the husband hadn't yet come to take his bride home to consummate the marriage. And so Joseph was already in this legally binding arrangement with Mary, but Matthew goes to, to uh, makes it very clear, they had not yet come together as husband and wife. And it was found out then that she was with child by the Holy Spirit. That's hard to imagine anything about that. What does that mean that, that what was in her was by the power of the Holy Spirit? I found this quote from a commentator by the name of Matthew Henry. In fact, uh, I've got three points at the end of the message that, that I, I got from his work. Here's what Matthew Henry said about the, the incarnation. He says, The mystery of Christ's incarnation is to be adored not pride into. He went on to say, we don't even understand how regular human beings are born. I mean, we know about the sperm and the egg and coming together and we know a lot of those biological things. But in the end, it still is a mystery how in a world a human being can develop inside of another human being. Uh, Any birth is a mystery And if we can't figure that out fully, why would we expect to understand uh, the virgin birth? He says, this is something uh, to be adored, not to be pried into. She was with child from the Holy Spirit. then it says, and her husband Joseph, see it was already equated with being uh, married, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Where it says, Joseph was a just man. That's kind of Bible code for a true believer. That Joseph was a just man, a righteous man. It meant he was a follower of Yahweh. It's the same sort of thing that Jesus said about Nathanael. Remember when he said to Nathanael, Behold, a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. What he was identifying was that, was that Nathanael was a true believer. And so we see Joseph uh, to be a true believer. And it says... He didn't want to put her to shame, so he was going to divorce her quietly. He could have had her stoned to death. But we see that he is merciful to Mary. You know, they say like father, like son. Remember, Joseph was the legal father to Jesus. He wasn't the biological father, but he was the legal father. And like father, like son, we see Joseph as a righteous man, a true follower of Yahweh, even more so Jesus. We see Joseph as as a merciful man, even more so, Jesus. The passage continues. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary home as your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It says an angel of the Lord It doesn't say the angel of the Lord. In the Old Testament, there was this figure that appears a number of times and he's called the angel of the Lord. And it looks like that's Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, before He becomes a human being in Mary. That's not the angel that we're hearing about in the lesson today. It says an angel of the Lord. And this looks like one of the ministering spirits of God announcing things to Joseph It doesn't say it's Gabriel. Remember, Gabriel was the name of the angel that spoke to Mary. It may have been, may not have been, we aren't told. But this angel speaks to Joseph in a dream. So many Old Testament connections here. Remember in the Old Testament, Joseph was the dreamer? And Joseph had those dreams and the dreams that Joseph in the Old Testament had uh, were connected to judgment against his family. The New Testament, Joseph has different kinds of dreams. The New Testament, Joseph has dreams about one who has come to be the Savior. And he's called Son of David. You know, we we have such a high view of Mary in the life of the church. We shouldn't forget about Joseph. Joseph is a true follower of Yahweh. Joseph is one who is merciful. And Joseph is a prince of the house of David. He's of the royal family, son of David. Even though he was a carpenter out of Nazareth, he comes with royal lineage to be the the legal father of David. And he says, the angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary. Don't be afraid. Wasn't that the message of Jesus over and over and over again? He came to take away fear. He came to take away anxiety and panic new life salvation is about to break out don't be afraid to take mary home as your wife it says she will bear a son and you will call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins you will call his name jesus you know this jesus is the same name as joshua joshua jesus the same name Uh, remember in the old testament what joshua did He's the one that led the people of Israel across the Jordan River into the promised land. And it was through the work of Joseph then that they reach what, what we might say is the Old Testament paradise or picture of paradise. Well, now that's exactly what Jesus has come to do. Not to see us across the river Jordan and into Israel, but through death, to life itself. You know, the name Joseph means Yahweh saves. And that's what Jesus was. He was Yahweh right here in the flesh. One of the great teachings of the Christian faith that Jesus was true God and true man. He was Yahweh here in the flesh to save his people. Now, who are the people that Jesus came to save? Early in Jesus' ministry, he talks about the Israelites. And when he sent his disciples out, he said, just go into the house of Israel. I've come for the lost sheep of Israel. But as his ministry comes to fruition, we see that his ministry, his people, becomes all who will call on his name, even the Gentiles, people like you and me. Uh, He said, go and make disciples of all nations, and he will save his people from their sins. That's the thing. That's the thing. Jesus came to rescue us from our sin, our rebellion against God, our animosity against God. You can have everything in the world And if you still have your sins, you are lost. And you can have nothing else in the world. And if your sins have been taken away, you have the very kingdom of God. Jesus came to save His people from their sins. And then it says, "...all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call His name Emmanuel.'" Well, this harkens back to the Old Testament lesson that we heard earlier from Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah was talking to King Ahaz, and he was talking about judgment coming upon Ahaz. He was calling Ahaz to repentance. And uh, Ahaz wasn't having any of it. And and Isaiah said to him, you ask the Lord for any sign to kind of prove that all of this is right. And Ahaz says, oh, he got all pious, kind of fake pious. Uh, I wouldn't ask the Lord anything. And so Isaiah said, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And he said, Behold, a virgin will give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Now, in the days of Isaiah, it looks like that was fulfilled through the birth of his son, Isaiah's son, to his wife. Uh, In the Old Testament, the word for virgin can mean a woman who has had no relations with a man, or it can mean a young wife. And in this case, it looks like that that there was this son that was born to Isaiah. Uh, The son's name was Maher Shalal Hashbaz. You say it. (laughs) Maher Shalal Hashbaz. How about this? We'll break it up. Does this help? Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Let's say it together. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Again, maher shalal hashbaz one more time maher shalal hashbaz aren't you glad we got the name Jesus instead (laughs) (laughs) so it looks like this boy was born in fulfillment of the prophecy to show that indeed judgment was to come but it prefigures a greater birth Not of one who would bring judgment, but one who would bring salvation. By the time we get to the New Testament, the word that's used for virgin means exactly that. A woman who has not had relations with a man. And Matthew has gone to great pains to say that that is the case for Mary and the baby that she bears. And so we have the greater fulfillment in the New Testament that behold, a virgin has conceived. And will give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel. We don't call Jesus Emmanuel much, really. We call him Jesus. Uh, Did we get the name wrong? Are we supposed to use a different name? The name Emmanuel means, well, God is right here with us. And that's what we believe about Jesus, that he's God right here with us. And we see in Isaiah chapter 9 that there are other names given to him anyways. You know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So we shouldn't be worried that instead of calling him typically Emmanuel, although that's our belief, that we call him Jesus. And it concludes, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Yahweh saves. God here, right here with us to rescue us. As we look at this passage and, and kind of wonder at, at all that's happening, there are three quick points I want to make all illustrated in this passage. And the first is, in in the light of nature, we view God beyond us. And when we think about some of these things, God is just bigger than us. Uh, When we look at nature generally, when we look at the sun and the moon and the stars, when we look at the trees and the flowers, when we look at human life, for all that we understand, there's still a point at which we say, boy, that is beyond us. What God can do and who God is. And so this... Virgin birth, incarnate by the Holy Spirit, is beyond us. We don't doubt. Instead, we wonder at this great God that's beyond us. And in the light of our sin, in the light of the law, we view God against us. You know, talked about coming to forgive us our sins. When we look at God's law, His commands and demands, all that we can conclude is that we are toast, uh, that we are in all kinds of trouble. When we look at the law, we can only conclude God must hate us for what we've done and who we are. Martin Luther came to that kind of a conclusion He said, My situation was that although an impeccable monk, I stood before God as a sinner troubled in conscience, and I had no confidence that my merit would assuage Him. Therefore, I did not love a just and angry God, but rather I hated and murmured against Him. If we just had the law, we would be driven to fear and hatred of God for the judgment we're under. But we have the Gospel the coming of Jesus, the good news about Jesus. And in light of the Gospel, we view God with us. God with us to save us, to rescue us, and to forgive us. As you prepare to celebrate the light of Jesus Christ who comes into the world, look to Him as the fulfillment of the great prophecies of the Old Testament, the great revelations given by the angels in the New Testament. Celebrate Him, as we do in that great Christmas hymn, Late in life, behold, he come, Offspring of a virgin womb, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity, Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hail the hev- heaven-born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light in life to all he brings, Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark! Hark! The herald angels sing. Amen.